Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Holtcast. Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintot, as always, for 7500aholt.com. How's it going, Robert? It's going wonderfully. Uh, welcome to the last Holtcast of our Premier League career. Yeah, we made it. We survived, I guess. I mean, there's still time that we could end up dying or something horrible before the last match. Maybe it wouldn't be that horrible. Definitely not as horrible as our season. Definitely not as horrible as one Tim Sherwood, who we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Before that, of course, we'll recap the last match. Talk a, talk a little bit about the relegated teams and how that's going to figure into our future going into next season, going into this summer. Uh, like I said, Tim Sherwood, a little bit of manager talk. Go over that U21s game against Arsenal the other day and then close it up with a preview of Arsenal, our final match of the season in just a moment. All right, Robert, so where where we left you, everyone, it was coming into that Newcastle match, and for some reason, I thought there may have been a goal in that game. I, I can't remember. Did I predict a 0-0 draw, or did I predict Newcastle beating us by a billion? I don't know. I think it could have been either, and it seemed seems yeah. like equally... Equally likely, maybe looking back on it. I mean, at least at least the draw was nailed on. But did you get to watch any of it, or did you have? Yeah, to? I, I did. I did. I I ended up not going golfing in the morning and watch watch the first. I turned it on with like thirteen minutes into it, like on my phone and in bed, and then went downstairs and watched the second half. It was actually on TV. I was like, why did they put this game on TV? <laughs> it's got relegation implications. I guess so, but the way Sunderland. Sunderland kept scoring like Defoe is on fire and maybe he could have just made Sunderland stay up regardless. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I'm laughing at NBC because this Sunday, uh, well planned in advance, they've got Championship Sunday. So they have all 10 Premier League matches being shown on 10 different channels on a Sunday in which the only thing up for grabs is that last Championship or Champions League spot. Yeah, but it's still nice to be able to watch whatever game you want to watch. I mean, I guess. And ideally, if, with the channels they have, like, USA, and that'd be showing, like, Terminator 2 at that time slot. Like, what else, honestly, what else do you have to put on? Or, like, paid programming, I guarantee, in a lot of those channels. I was I was going to be watching Terminator 2. Oh. I was <laughs> hoping to watch it instead of Aston Villa. I mean, we only have the Huttonator, but... <laughs> I don't understand. How did Hutton, how are Hutton and Bakuna still playing and both trying to be right back? And or Bakuna was in the back three and Hutton was in what the midfield? That yeah, what is Eric Black so, doing? Eric Black is just a pile of garbage. But yeah, it was that weird thing where he had Jordan Leiden at left back, Bakuna at right back, and ostensibly both of those were midfielders, but. You saw Villa play. It was five at the back again. I don't know. It looked like Bakuna was playing that right center back position, that that position that we kind of wanted Richards in for a while. And I don't know. I, I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I wanted Carlos Heel in there to like to link the play to the, if you're going to use two strikers. Yeah. Um, I mean. And Which then obviously the he's, of, he's out. Yeah, there was the question of all of that and and the question of, you know, okay, this is boring as all get out. Because let's be honest, that was literally the most boring match of the season. 
Um, and yet we didn't use a sub until, what was it, the 80, 80th minute? 90th minute? Um, yeah. It was, it was late. It was late. Hold on. The stupidly late in the match minute? Yeah, the first substitution that Villa made, and only substitution, was Russian Hepburn Murphy for Scott Sinclair in the 90th minute. Okay, yeah. And I mean, you know, that was a game that was begging for, you know, Traore and Grealish to come on and make things exciting, because who cares if you lose? Yeah, Newcastle had used two subs by the 68th minute. Yeah. And they just used their final one in the 90th, but... Yeah, um, I think it's worth noting that Newcastle just, God, they proved that they should be going down. Exactly, and they proved exactly what not to do in the January transfer window. They spent because the ship was sinking and they couldn't save it, and now they have a huge debt, and that's exactly what Villa would have had because the season was already over by January. So everyone who, who said that it was a, the wrong idea, they, got, they just got proved horribly wrong. I disagree with that, because uh, I still think it really would not have taken that much to save Villa this year. I think you could have absolutely saved Villa um, with a few signings in January there. When you, only had, when you only had one win on opening day in August and your next win, like, just days before the new year, I, it was over. You need to have at least four wins, I think, by January. I... I disagree it was not going to take much to turn this team around and they were never going to be a good team but take much to turn them into a team that could actually get a few wins you know safety this year is going to be 35 points or so that's true and it, it that's i not mean a big ask. it is it is a really really low total about a, yeah, a win a maybe a win and a half less than usual get a goalkeeper that doesn't allow us to have a negative 45 differential and get a striker who helps you know that even more and I really don't think it was that big of an ask. It's the worst part of this end of the season is how damningly easy it would have been to stay up. That's true, but I don't know. I I really feel like our fate was sealed with the signings that were made in the summer, and most importantly, that being retaining manager Tim Sherwood. But yeah, um, I don't know. I just think. A couple of signings that, you know, could have been the type to go forward. Maybe some younger players, maybe some people with some potential. Maybe a goalkeeper who would have lasted for a few years would have helped us then, and they would have helped us uh, had we gotten relegated or stayed up. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if we, we have a, the, new, the new goalie, Kalinic, maybe he wins us three points, four points. Um. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously you can't just put a point value on players, but Jermaine Defoe's goals directly are in Sunderland 14 points. Yeah, so, I mean, and and there's the best counter possible. You you said spending in the winter isn't really going to save you, and Sunderland did, and saved themselves. But, but they didn't spend excessively on as little, I mean, I guess as, as much as Newcastle did, but it was always going to be one or the other from those two. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. I I just still think that Villa could have saved this in January. I think if they... if What did we go into January with? 12, no. 12 points? Something like that. I don't know. I think if you're at 15, maybe, maybe more. Like a win or two more. If Villa would have had two more wins going into January, 
may as well. Because, I mean, it is a gamble because you're going to lose out on a ton of TV money, the new TV deal kicking in. People think this will be the wildest transfer summer ever in the Premier League. Yeah. You notice that we're not doing a lot of talking about this match because who boy. No, I, I've kind of already passed that because it was nil-nil. There was nothing. Yeah, and it was it was the most nil-nil match I can ever remember. Yeah, there there are good nil-nil matches, but this this definitely was not one of them. This was not Brazil-Mexico in the World Cup. Yeah. It was not a good ad for the sport. But anyways, uh, I guess what I'm kind of mad about in this match and really dating back a couple months is not playing the kids. Yeah, exactly. And I, who knows why we aren't. Even, um, I guess, with the U21 match coming up, maybe that that was a big deal. But then again, if you're going to make that argument that even with that, Grealish and Adama didn't even make the bench for the U21. So they, didn't why play the in either, they didn't play in either match. So Yeah, so why the hell weren't they featured, you know, against a crappy Newcastle team? It's the last home game of the year, for God's sakes. Don't force us to watch Julian fucking Lescott for another 90 minutes. Yes, but I, I guess even so, even so it was dreadful. The fans were brilliant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were fantastic. The the In the Air on 74 was the best of the Aston Villa protest group protests of the season. Yeah, you may as well go out with a bang, and they did it right. And the best was Jack Colback coming out and saying that that was, made it tricky to win, like, you know, because you haven't had problems winning all year. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was the beach balls on the pitch. We just couldn't get anything going. I wish we would have scored a beach ball goal. God, More than like, anything. Like a Darren Bent style? Exactly. Um, It just... And you know what? Newcastle are a team that I didn't feel one way or another about until lately. But God, they came into this match so boastful and so preening that they were going to beat us and they were going to crush us. And so basically relegating them was joyful. Especially because it came as a draw, not a loss. Because they... They knew that they were just so ineffective anyways, their fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... It was Watching their fans at the end of the game, it felt like a win. Yeah, it was pretty great. Like, the thing that I don't understand about the bitter Newcastle fans is they're pissed off about 2009 Villa relegating them and our fans giving them hell. And it's like any stadium would have done that to you, Newcastle. It just so happened to be that you were playing at Villa Park. Yeah, and it's. I think the best was down with the villa. You're going down with the villa. Yeah, it's it just freaking fantastic. Um, you know, bitter for no apparent reason at the rest of the world. Uh, and and belligerent about it too. So dragging Newcastle down into the muck felt pretty great. Uh, do you get any final stats on horse punches that may have occurred around the stadium? <laughs> Did not, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll have to ask James. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, so so now the the relegated teams have been decided. So along with Villa and Newcastle, Norwich City will be in the championship next year. And I'm glad that Norwich ended up as one of the teams because I think if either if both Newcastle and Sunderland had gone down, they would both be really gunning for promotion. Which yeah. will make it, I mean, Nor- Norwich will, of course, as well, but I don't know if they don't really have the backing of one of those clubs. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, 
I wouldn't it be funny if Norwich hired Paul Lambert again? Oh my gosh, I don't know if I could deal with that. There, there's no way because the owners just hate him after the way he left. Yeah, but maybe they would realize he needs to get him back up. Um, I don't know. It's it's three interesting clubs dropping down into the championship. The championship itself is going to be really fascinating next year. We won't have to deal with Burnley or Middlesbrough, uh, and one of Brighton Hall, Derby, and Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, we do get to renew the rivalry with Birmingham City, of course. We do get to play Wolves. Um, you know, you get the Gary Gardner Derby in Nottingham Forest. <laughs> uh, or or if you want to call it the Eric Lehigh Derby in Nottingham Forest, take your pick. Yeah, both of them. I mean, it, the, it'll be great. We'll win at least 20 games next year, so. Eric Lehigh just got recalled back to the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, I was going to say that. Imagine having him at right back instead of Alan frickin' Hutton. I would still rather take Matt Loden. Well, yeah, absolutely, but that wasn't the option I gave you. But it, it was a closer option. He was at a better, <laughs> he was at a higher level when he was at Villa. Lee has oh, yeah. just been doing really well in the championship, but he wasn't, he definitely wasn't at Villa's level. And that's the thing. There were players that are much worse than the players we had now. I know this, I've said this a million times, but this was far and away not the worst Villa squad on paper of the last five years yeah no that's true probably not even the second worst maybe you know mcleish's team was junk we'll get to play wigan maybe we could just make it one big manager reunion tour paul lambert goes back to new uh, norwich uh martinez goes back to wigan sherwood comes back to villa oh uh, man i was hoping sherwood would go somewhere else so we could have, we could have a sherwood derby with someone yeah, besides unfortunately spurs. spurs are actually going to be playing in a decent place so that's yeah. the only other choice uh but yeah it's you know we get to play burton next year and then from we'll... rotterdam to Rot from rotterdam to rotherham <laughs> almost didn't make it poor rotherham uh in 21st yeah. Almost got the drop, but thank God they kept that cheer alive. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd <laughs> have to wait. Kind of makes me wonder, what's the preseason look like as a championship team? Because remember, we always played like one championship team in our preseason. So does that mean we get to play a Premier League team next, this summer? Oh, maybe. That could be interesting. I still assume they will go. They're still playing in the Hong Kong Sevens. And I imagine they'll still be playing in a preseason friendlier two in the on the continent not just in england but i don't know because of budgets but <laughs> they're playing a preseason friendly against your local pub team <laughs> you have to pay to play them they need cash yeah absolutely but the good news is your pub team's got a fighting chance it's true um the bookies really think newcastle has the best chance of going back up or of winning excuse me, winning the championship next year. They're at 10 to 3. Villa and Norwich both 8 to 1. So God, 8 to 1 is so stupidly like Villa are not that good of an odd to win the championship. There's no way. No, no. I would I mean I would bet on them at like 15 to 1 probably. God, I honestly think if I were setting the lines probably 20 to 1. Mm, no way. What if what if all the players just figure it out? It's too I mean, it's still Villa at the end of the day. Yeah, and I just saw Villa get 17 points in 37 matches. Yeah, and the, you never know in the championship. Yeah, so I... God, 8-1 to one is just crazy. Villa are not 8-1 to one to win the championship. I don't care what the bookies say. 
the best was this guy I saw on Facebook a while ago said, I will bet you 50, 50 quid that, and you win if Villa like win the league, and I win if Villa get relegated, and if neither happens, it's a draw. Like, okay. Probably just going to be a draw. Yeah, it's probably going to be a draw, though I would take that bet. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's... If Villa get promoted, that they win, then they get relegated. Yeah, much better. Uh, I mean, they're garbage. They're not that garbage. Yeah, like Rotherham. He says hopefully. Rotherham even survived. I mean... Yeah. All right, so we were just talking about managers a bit ago, but let's move on to that because Aaron, Aaron Campoch tweeted, I love Tim Sherwood so much. <laughs> And this is all apropos of the fact that Tim Sherwood went on BN Sport and said, "Yeah, I'd love the chance to manage Villa again if I got it." I'm like, oh God! Already bored with unemployment, huh, Timmy? Wake me up when this nightmare ends. I, I oh my God! It, I no, there's just there aren't words. I understand the arguments. I understand that, you know, no, I never want to see him here again. Yep. Uh, and we got and a, we got a hashtag suggestion. Never Tim, I think based off never Trump, but I think that list for me is just growing with never Pearson. Also, you know, uh, never Pearson, never Lambert. What about Martinez? Now never that he's Oh, please, Martinez. I, I wanted it so many years ago, and even if he's not probably not the best choice, it's too bad. I'm I'm already in. <laughs> I'd take him over boys. Uh, God. Who was the other one? Di Matteo? Uh, Di Matteo. I'd take Di Matteo as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. That's three, three strong candidates at the top of the list. At the I top just of love my the Villa fans who are like, no, we don't want Di Matteo. What's Why? he ever done? And it's like, what? Like, he, man he managed them in a cup. Like, that's the only chance we have to win something. May as well get a cup specialist. Yeah. It's just like, what? Oh, my God. I don't understand Villa fans who want that. It's like, you'd rather have Nigel Pearson than Di Matteo. And Di Matteo's a total disciplinarian who's going to just not work well with stars, which is good. So we yeah. can actually make a team. It's just, I... There are people who legitimately think that's a horrible idea and legitimately like the idea of Nigel Pearson, and I can't come to terms with that. Yeah, no. It just... Like, yeah. I want Di Matteo. Yes, I'd like Pep. Wouldn't mind Klopp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it strikes me as, is there's no way he's coming here. No, I I don't think so either, but... I don't know um, what the bookies made that from. I don't know how that came to be. It just shows you that no one knows, no one has known anything what's going on. The sale is not coming until it happens, and it's just, it's just hard to know who to trust around Villa right now. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I, I have, God. I know that sale is going to happen, and yet I'm really starting to doubt that it will happen. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's... Like, I it don't know. feels like it might actually happen this time, and yet every day that goes by without me hearing more makes me think, maybe we're just going to get screwed again. I mean, I still could see it going down in the summer, and if there really were three three prospective buyers, I'm sure ironing out the 
the price through whatever bidding process they choose is going to be annoying because it's a corporation. Yeah. And they you're probably kind of still waiting to see I uh, I don't know, the prize money that you're actually going to get. Maybe the Premier League's going to be like you're so bad, we're not giving you any money or I don't know. Yeah. My <laughs> my favorite was the reaction to uh David Freeman, owner of the Nashville Predators. Which a lot of the press and a lot of Villa followers took as, oh my god, he's American, he's the next Randy Lerner. Without actually looking into the guy and finding out if he's anything like Randy Lerner whatsoever. Yeah, tell us a little bit about his background compared to Lerner's, Robert. So his is, you know, Lerner was the kind of person that sort of was born into the Cleveland Browns, was born into money. And Freeman is a venture capitalist who started up his own medical waste disposal company and then started a venture capital company, put together a group to buy the Nashville Predators, didn't do so wonderfully after that purchase because of, I imagine, the recession in 2008, 2009, um, but seems to have fine financial footing now, obviously, if he's looking at buying a club, um, if it's even true. And yet, Despite all of the many differences between him and Lerner, the only thing that people seem to give a shit about is he's American, so he must be the next Randy Lerner. If that's you, you're racist. <laughs> so, anyways, no no owner, so don't have to worry about that because we're not getting one. But, um, yeah, and final thing on manager talk, sometimes we're wrong, like Robert was when he wrote preview of how Tim Sherwood's Aston Villa were going to conquer England that I so kindly tweeted. You probably saw it on the 700 feet. That was slightly tongue-in-cheek, but when I wrote it, I actually thought that Villa were going to finish top 10 this year. And boy, was I wrong. I I had us nailed on for at least 12th, you know? Like, I could have seen 8th, too, so... Yeah, no, I would have bet 20 pounds that we were going to finish top 10. Well, only only a person with my luck could bet on Leicester to get relegated, and then <laughs> I I'd bet on one dollar on Villa to win the league at twenty four hundred to one. So, huh. what if I would have just been drunk and accidentally switched those? I would be rich. <laughs> and that's why you have all of the regrets in the world. No, not really. I would never think Leicester would win the league. No, God. That's like a bet you maybe couldn't even place if you had a time machine because they'd be like, you're from the future. No one would, no one was going to bet on, on Lester, you know, like. <laughs> so, excuse me, you're cheating the system. Get the hell out of here. I'll put a thousand pounds on Lester. Okay. Five million pounds later. Um, <laughs> 50, 50 million. I don't know. That'd be a lot. I don't know. It's 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 a good story. I'm not it's a no, math. It's no the Invincibles yeah. story, right? And yeah, it's no the Invincibles because Arsenal are the greatest club ever. Oh. And Highbury didn't get a send off like the wet, like Bullen grounded because you know Arsenal is better. Yeah. But uh, I think we anyways, can at this point that Arsenal Twitter is the worst Twitter. Yeah, I think we can just keep hating Arsenal for at least a few more days. And if you're wondering why, if you've been under a rock for the past week or however long, just trying to avoid Villa, that's understandable. But yeah, we we kind of got pretty mad about Arsenal the other day in that U21 match. Which is a match that Arsenal... Let's be clear about this first before you go yammering off and telling me I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. 
Arsenal did follow all the rules of the U21 league and wank, wank, wank. All right, now that I've got that out of the way, what a bunch of frickin' a-holes. Yeah, I... Okay, the U21 league is there for player development first and player fitness second, and Arsenal used some overage players. You're permitted three. That's how many they used, overage 23. For mm-hmm. technically, you could say fitness purposes. However, there's only one game left in the season, and so I'm going to throw that excuse out. And also, I mean, Callum Chambers is playing there. He is that age, but he did cost $20 million from Southampton, so... Yeah, he really no, should be at a better level. I mean, you can say the same thing for Adama Traore on Villa. That's the U twenty one league is probably Adama about. Traore. The, yeah, the the league is probably about his level. But even though he cost a lot of money, he probably should be playing in that league. But so here's the thing: like the U twenty one league and the reserve league got folded into one another. So you've got to kind of use the U21s as your reserve, which is why they have that rule in place. You can use up to three players on the U21s who are over 21. Cool, whatever. It's the last U21 match of the season. It's for promotion from the second tier of the U21 league into the first tier of the U21 league. And Arsenal throw out Kazorla, Campbell, and Coughlin. And, and just... I mean... No, they're not great Premier League players, but yes, they're way better than U21 players. Yeah, they're uh, capped international players. Yeah, it's just... It, it was Costa Rica. It was absolutely ridiculous, and it was one of those things that just... It infuriated me, and, and if the argument is I wanted a low-pressure game to get them some match fitness back, guess what, Arsenal? You're frickin' playing Aston Villa on Saturday, Sunday, whenever. Yeah. You want a low-pressure game, play them against the Aston Villa senior side. That side sucks. The Aston Villa U21s actually play for the whole 90 minutes. So if you want low pressure, play them in the senior match on Sunday. It's just the argument of we want to get them fitness right before the last game of the season where they're not going to play just does not hold any water for me. It strikes me as nothing more than, well, we didn't win a cup, we didn't win a cup, we didn't win the league, and we might not get into the Champions League, so we've got to guarantee some sort of a victory here. Let's win the second tier of the U21 league. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't even for a trophy. Like, if it was the top division of the U21 league, okay, maybe. Yeah, it just, I mean... So, yes, it was absolutely within the rules, and yes, I understand how it works. It struck me as very unsporting and outside of the spirit of the rules. And just a bunch of a-holes. And it was annoying because Villa played pretty well and maybe could have pulled out a victory if those guys weren't in there. Yeah, absolutely. The Villa U21 squad was a blast to watch. It was the most fun I've had watching football in a while. Uh, Like I said, went the whole 90 minutes. It was end-to-end. It was not necessarily good football. But it was very fun football to watch. There um, were good moments. Like Hepburn Murphy, his uh, Russian Hepburn Murphy opened scoring 10 minutes in. There was a bad back pass to Arsenal's keeper. And he just managed to scramble it away to a defender right in like Murphy was or Hepburn Murphy was pressuring him. And it, it came out of the box, but a Villa player won the ball and crossed it into him. And he finished with a good header. It was it was a free header, but it was still a clinical and got Villa I mean it was a deserved lead they they started the game off better there was a lot of pressure and that's what caused that sloppy situation at the back really yeah no absolutely and they were playing well and and again it was fun you who knew 
Um, Hepburn Murphy looked good. Jarrell Sellers looked pretty good. The now recently departed Louis Kinsella uh, actually looked pretty good. Um, if this is what Villa have to look forward to, there's at least some measure of hope there. Exactly, yeah. There are a lot of promising players, and they probably still need more time in that U21 league. But And quite frankly, let them all play on Sunday. I'd rather watch a bunch of people get beaten by Arsenal and try to work their asses off in the final match of the season than ever have to watch Julian Lescott again. Yeah, they're they're at least going to run for 90 minutes or until they get taken off. And, I mean, maybe if Eric Black actually makes subs, but... I think Julian Lescott is already resting himself from Sunday's match. Yeah, easily. He's been on a, a one-year holiday. Um, so, yeah, I just... There there was consternation. Why are you so upset? It doesn't really matter all that much. And it's like, well, it matters to the U21 players. And it's also the only thing Villa were going to do this season that was actually decent. And Villa actually fielded a U21 side. It just so happens that Arsenal decided to go ahead and play a good chunk of senior squad. Yeah, but thanks to Arsenal TV for televising it, though, or putting it online for free, because it was a pretty good quality feed. Yeah, it was, and... Uh, Even if one of the commentators did think that Hepburn Murphy made his debut this year when we beat Sunderland 4-0. Yeah, and one of the other commentators called someone... I can't remember. Gave him a new name. That's all right. We, we kept lying to you about when we beat Burnmouth in the Cup, so... Yeah, it's true. But, but the thing I was mad about was because it was 4-0 and Villa haven't scored more than two in the Premier League this whole season, so... Uh, yeah, so that was obnoxious, and then we get to turn around and play Arsenal again on Sunday. Yep, so hopefully we can at least beat Arsenal then, and that should be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to watching that, because the bar we go to is, there's also a lot of Arsenal fans that go there, and the Chicago Villa supporters are doing a, th- you know, it's like the last away day of the year, so people usually do fancy dress, like the traveling fans, mm-hmm. but... We're just the, our theme is full kit wankers, so everyone's just wearing a full kit to honor the wankers that wore full kits on the pitch the whole season. <laughs> I like it. It should be fun. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of glad that it's on Sunday. I wish we didn't have to play it at all. It's a totally inconsequential, meaningless match for Villa. Has some meaning for Arsenal, but I mean, it's gonna take it's gonna take some work for that to happen. Manchester City and Manchester United. Or, excuse me, just Manchester City have to win. Uh, And Arsenal would have to lose by a number of points for anything to really shift. As it stands, it's probably going to be what it is. Um, The only other possible shift is if Tottenham lose and Arsenal win, Arsenal could leapfrog up into second. Also unlikely. Yeah, I, I imagine that the table as it stands right now is the table as it stands at the end of Sunday. I think I think that's probably right, but because Spurs play Newcastle, if Spurs can't even get a draw out of Newcastle, yeah, what's what's the point? Yeah, absolutely, and there's no way that uh, Arsenal are going to make up 13 goals worth of difference, even playing Aston Villa. Yeah, even against Villa, even against Villa's U18 team, I doubt that would happen. Yeah, so really, all Spurs need is a draw against Newcastle. Um, and against a Newcastle team who have literally nothing to play for. You know, it would be funny if we were losing by 13 and then Spurs, like, equalized two goals in the 90th minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I That mean, would yeah, make Arsenal fans probably 
even matter than if we won this game? Because then they would just be like, oh, it didn't matter. Uh, Man United losing at West Ham. Possible. Uh, no, since they already lost on Tuesday. Oh, oh yeah. The possibility of this having much impact. So I can't imagine that there's much in the way of change here. So really it's two teams with not much to play for. Um, God. Just, what a bunch of rubbish. Who cares? They yeah, don't really want to watch. Useless match, season. Yep. I don't really want to watch, but it's our last one in the Premier League, so I suppose I have to. Exactly. It's just, I'm wearing a black kit because it's a funeral. It seems fair. The black kit with the checkers on the side? Yeah. Nice. I like that kit. I don't have black shorts, though. They're they're blue, but... You could just go get some black shorts. But then they wouldn't be Villa shorts. Yeah, I don't know. You could write Villa on them in masking tape. Yeah, Villa tried to mask a lot of things this season, but... I went to the mall today, and I had lunch at the food court, and there was some place that was like Italian Villa Kitchen, but the big letters on the sign were Villa, and I thought about eating that there, and then I just figured oh, it would God. go straight to my bottom. You would die. It'd just go straight to the bottom, so didn't need that. Had things to do. Uh, but yeah, so Arsenal, what do you think? 1-3 loss? Eh, probably uh, 2-0. Ant- Antonio Luna gets the one goal. That would be entertaining. Oh, wait, that's Antonio Luna's music. Remember when Hutton kicked the ball straight into Walcott's face and it was a goal? <laughs> I hate Arsenal. We should have won that match. That should have been the year we won the FA Cup. God. I, yeah. I used to actually kind of like Arsenal because I like the people over at the Short Fuse. I like the club itself for the most part. But their fans have just made them unbearable this year, complaining about how horrible they have it when they sit in third frickin' place. I would complain about ticket prices if I was an Arsenal fan that went to matches, but... Oh, yeah, but no, no, no. They're, they're, they're complaining about third place. Go suck a muffler. I'm saying there still is there still are things to complain complain about in that position, but... Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's that's Arsenal. They're, they're, lucky to, they're lucky to have a finger, even if they don't know it. Yeah. All right. That's so, it for Arsenal. <laughs> yep, that's that's it for Arsenal. That's it for this week. And actually, we're going to be off next week as well. But then we're going to return. And over the summer, we're planning on bringing on a lot of guests and actually doing a cooking pod as well. So <laughs> much more to come from us, of course. And if you're looking for some more podcast content, uh, you can listen to this week's episode of On the Pod, my lord. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Robert, before we go? Yeah, this was uh, this was James. He started this off as a solo podcast and then added Ellis. And then this week it was Ellis, James, and Adam. And they went for an hour and 40 or so talking about the end of the season as a good wrap-up. And it's, uh, it's a really engaging hour and 40 of Aston Villa talk. Uh, so make sure to give it a listen. They're doing some really good work over there. Yeah, so... That's that's something else for you to listen to because we're going to be just under 36 minutes for this week. So almost two and a half hours of Villa podcast content coming to you from 7500toholt.com. Remember, you can always interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. Love to hear from you there. So make sure to do that. And we'll have all the match coverage for you this weekend. It's going to be Sunday, though. Remember, Sunday, not Saturday. Uh, championship Sunday, I guess, technically, NBC's calling it. But yeah, it's it's nothing Sunday. It's let's ruin Arsenal season Sunday. So 
we'll be around for that. And until next time, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks. For Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey. Thanks for listening to the Holtcast.